No cards on Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day and I have a date after dark, somewhere in the woods in the south of the city with 22 younger women. Kickoff is 8pm. Mrs. Ref is not happy, but it's nothing to do with the 22 younger women. I'm recovering from a heavy cold and she thinks I'm an idiot for going out to run around in temperatures just below freezing. She's probably right, she usually is, but I go anyway. It's not that I wouldn't rather stay at home in the warmth, eating the rest of last night's stew and watching Real Madrid against Paris Saint-Germain. But once I've accepted a game, I dislike turning it back for any reason. The assigners dislike you doing that even more, and I completely understand their point of view. As a coach, I hate players crying off late with weak excuses, and they do it every weekend. If this was a book about coaching, I'd write a list here of all the best ones. I have to babysit the dog, while weeping and wondering why people ever bother volunteering for anything at all. I like the home club. They're one of the few places to always give you a warm welcome and hand you a bottle of water without you having to ask. The long metal key grip to the referee's changing room looks like a murder weapon, but you never know when that might come in useful too. I sit down to get changed, and I'm suddenly worried by a thought that hits me way too late. What if Mrs. Ref had come home tonight and been hoping to find candles, chocolates, cards, and a three-course meal on the dining room table? The full Valentine's bollocks. We did come to an agreement when we first met 23 years ago that neither of us were interested in all that crap. In fact, on our very first Valentine's Day, she more or less dumped me, the old-fashioned way, by phone, and I ended up burning a card and an emotional letter and destroying a love song compilation tape by jumping up and down on it, vowing that I would never again waste my time on romantic frippery. We've ignored the event ever since, although our daughters find the story of their mum dumping me highly entertaining. Nonetheless, some of us get sentimental as we get older. Perhaps just this once, once, instead of watching me pack my whistle, she'd wanted to be wooed and whined. Well, too late for that now. I head outside and start the game wearing hat, gloves and all the thermal undergarments I could find in my sports drawer. It's cold enough to dislodge the knackers from a rogue black Angus. And it's quiet. Oh, so quiet. There's not a murmur of dissent at a single decision. The nearest I come to any bother is when I almost run into the home team's number 10 as she shapes up to challenge an opponent. She mutters, oh my God, in much the same exasperated way my 19-year-old daughter does when I say something that clashes with her politically honed worldview. It's so many years since I experienced this that I'm not sure how to cope. Why is no one moaning? The away team's centre-back slices a clearance that goes just wide of her own goal, and the goalkeeper stands looking at her with a huge smile. You knew where that was going, right? she says. They both laugh. The 90 minutes pass in no time, despite the cold, and my own cold. At half-time, someone brings me the most life-enhancing, soul-warming cup of hot chocolate ever. At full-time, the home team thanks me, pays me, and tells me to keep the change. It's not that hard to treat the ref like a fellow human. And although if it was like this every game, I'd never have anything to write about, I really wish that it was like this every game. At breakfast the next morning, with some trepidation, I ask Mrs. Ref 
Hey, you weren't expecting roses, Belgian chocolates, champagne and a meal last night, were you? She looks at me as though the very thought would be enough to make vomit explode from her heart. Okay, just checking, I say. All good. No cards all round on Valentine's Day was the best outcome. Final score, 2-0. Shh.